You are divine. Hello there, my beautiful authentic seekers, and welcome back to Divine Authenticity. Ah, It's another day, another great Monday if you're listening, the day that this goes live. And today we are actually doing a Q&A. So I asked you over on Instagram this last week to ask me your juiciest questions. And I have a whole list of them that I have screenshotted. I will be keeping everybody anonymous, but I'm just excited to get to it. So we're going to dive right in this week. And the first question is thoughts on alcohol. So I talked about this a little bit in my Instagram stories not too long ago, but I feel like there is this really big misconception around spirituality and alcohol. You know, if you're somebody that's really spiritual, uh, drinking is something that brings you down or drinking is something you shouldn't do. And I had an episode of like, I don't even know what it was that I put out something on my main channel on Chloe Taylor. If you don't know, and you're just listening to the podcast and not watching the video, I have a YouTube channel where I mainly read tarot cards. That's like my main thread of business online. That's like the main thing that I do. But I had a video that I released on that channel where I was drinking and I don't know if I was just talking about stuff. It might've been like mercury retrograde or something. And there were so many comments of people that were like appalled and upset that I was having a drink. And to that, I say, I'm not here to a live up to anybody's standards. Uh, Listen to the things I don't do now that I'm 30. (laughs) If you haven't listened to that episode, make sure you do. But I'm not here to live up to a anybody's standard or fit into a box that somebody else put me into. And number two, like I was saying, I think there's this misconception that if you're spiritual, you shouldn't drink, you should be transcending the human experience. And it is my personal and professional opinion that I'm not here to transcend the human experience. I came here to have a human life. And for me personally, having alcohol sometimes is something I choose to have as part of my human experience. Now there may come a time in my life where I don't want to consume alcohol and that can also be not a part of my human experience, but I came here to live as a human and enjoy human pleasure. And that is just my hot take on that. I don't think that it makes you more or less spiritual. And I personally don't have a problem with alcohol. I've gone through bouts, I think, where there maybe was a time where I was drinking too much, but I also have come out of that. I would never say that I'm somebody that like struggles with alcohol or addiction in that way. So for me, it's okay to have that. For somebody else, that might not be your story. You might have really struggled with addiction and it's something that you just cannot have. And I respect that. I think everybody has their own opinion when it comes to alcohol, but I don't think it makes one person more spiritual than another. I don't think it's wrong to have it. I do think when it becomes a coping mechanism, that's when it needs to be reestablished and maybe looked at a little bit harder. And I myself have been through that. So I know what that looks like, but I don't think that it's something you have to avoid if you're somebody that wants to engage with that, if it's something that you can handle and tolerate. But again, I think there are limits. I also want to add to that before we move on that I think that there is a healthy, now not actually healthy, like we all know that alcohol is not healthy. doesn't do anything. Even wine, like the study that they did back in the day about like wine being healthy, it was inconclusive and alcohol actually has no nutritional benefit to anyone. But 
I do think that a dose, I will say, let's not say a healthy amount, uh, wrong choice of words, but a dose of alcohol can be something that can heighten spiritual senses if you're somebody that can tolerate it. But I do think that there is a point that if you have too much for your body, uh, it can be overkill and it can actually cause more problems than actually like helping you. But I do think sometimes a little, a little can make like the flow of channeling easier. But do I condone showing up to do your work a little boozy all the time? No. I think as with everything, alcohol is something that needs to be consumed in balance. And to each person, that's going to look different. It's complex, shall we say. So the next question says, what practices did you build to feel worthy? And this is something that I think is dependent on how you also grew up. If you grew up in a really traumatizing environment, it might be harder for you to have feelings of worthiness. But I do think that when it comes to practicing worthiness, the number one thing that I'm always going to tell you to do always, 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 you have to talk back to that voice in your head. The voice in your head that tells you that you're not worthy. The voice in your head that tells you not to stay committed to the goals that you want to stay committed to. You have to talk back to that voice. And it might seem silly in the beginning. It might seem like, what is this even doing? But I promise you, over time, the more you talk to that voice that tells you not to do something or, you know, it tells you that you're unworthy or not pretty or, you know, whatever it is that you struggle with. That voice, when talked back to, not in a negative way, you don't have to scream at it. It's still a part of you, but just offering a different opinion. You know, let's say that you have a voice inside that says you're not worthy every time you try to rest. It's really important that you tell that voice, actually, just because I exist, I deserve to rest. Resting is something that actually is very productive and it's good for me to do this. Just saying those things back to that voice, over time, you will create a new belief and you'll stop having the autopilot voice of unworthiness. And that to me is how you stop it. You have to start feeding yourself the opposite. And it takes effort. It takes consistency. But if you want to make a change, that's something that can change every facet of your life. If you actually do the thing, even when it feels uncomfortable to talk back, whether you say it in your head or out loud, doesn't matter, but retraining your mind on autopilot, how to talk to yourself will change every facet of your life. It can make you feel more worthy. It can make you feel more confident. It can make you not a people pleaser anymore. It can help you reframe even addictive habits. I'm not saying that it's the thing that's going to cure you if you struggle with addiction or mental illness, but it is something that I do think is a valuable tool that can help you get on the track of that, of healing. So uh, moving on, we have favorite crystals and why favorite crystals. It always changes. <laughs> my favorite crystals always change. I would say my like tried and true favorite though, as a Taurus, it's probably citrine. 
citrine because citrine is the crystal that helps bring in abundance and money. And as a Taurus, my main focus is always stability. So if it helps me create stability, I want it, you know? And also, I'm sorry, my nose is just like a little, I feel like every time I wear makeup, I get like a runny nose. And I don't know if it's because there's something that I put on that I'm allergic to. I don't know how this works because it's always, it's also only ever one side of my nose, not both. So I'm not sure why it happens, but I apologize if I'm a little sniffly today. Uh, okay. Favorite crystal. That's why. <laughs> How do you know someone is the right one? Um, honestly, I don't believe that there is a right one for anyone. I think that. And this is not an opinion I used to have. When I was younger, I believed in one person for everyone, like one person to another person. I don't really believe in that anymore. And I think that there are actually multiple people in your lifetime that could be compatible with you. It's making the conscious choice to be with someone for your own reasons, whatever those reasons are. And I do think that it's something we try to make something so rigid out of something that can't really be rigid. And unfortunately, I do think that it comes from an older generation and an older mindset that relationships, you know, if you think about it, the concept of marriage wasn't even something that is the way that it is today. It used to be like, you got like a woman's dowry and she was your property, at least where I'm from. And it's not really like that anymore, at least not where I'm from. It's not really like that anymore. And now we have this whole thing that's like, ah, one person for forever. And I honestly think that relationships are very fluid. I think that if you're happy spending time with someone and building a life together, it's okay to do that for five, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years. But at five years, if you decide you are not really enjoying the life path that y'all are on together, it's okay to leave that. If at 40 years, you decide that you're not really enjoying the life path that you're on together, it's okay to leave that. And honestly, I know this might be a weird one to hear because I am married, but I think if I had waited until now at age 32 this week, um, if I had waited till age 32, I probably never would have gotten married. And not because I'm unhappy with my partner. I think I would still be in this exact same situation. I think I would still choose my partner every day, but I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it like it is as a Sagittarius rising woman. Uh, I do not love my partner so much that I needed to get the government involved. Like, I think it's perfectly okay if that's something that you don't want to not do. Like, I feel like I'm somebody that would get divorced just to like, just because, but like still be with my partner. I just don't really think I need a piece of paper to hold me to someone else personally. And as an entrepreneur and that my husband is an entrepreneur, the tax breaks don't really add up for us. We always end up owing. So I feel like marriage for me is just this weird construct and this idea that it's one person for life is also just a construct. And though I am happy with my partner, we've been together for 15 years. I don't see us splitting up anytime soon. If there ever came a time that we wanted to or felt like that was what we needed to do so the other person could progress or move in a new direction, we would have that conversation at the time. So to answer that, you said, how do you know 
when someone is the right one. I don't believe in the right one. So it's kind of a hard question for me to answer because I think the way that we've been doing relationships forever is not necessarily correct. And I think it's more about being in tune with yourself and your needs. And if somebody can help you meet those needs while you also meet your own needs, or if you want to like vibe next to this person, I also don't think that like you just need to like throw every relationship away just because there's been one disagreement. You know, it's, it has to be a willingness on both sides. But I think a lot of people in today's world stay in relationships that actually aren't benefiting them and are very like toxic to be in because you see this all the time where people have been married for like 50 years, but they hate each other. And I just don't believe in that. I would never want to live like that. And so all of this to say, I don't think there is a right one. I think it's multiple people. I think it's checking in with yourself at multiple points in your relationship. And I think it's okay to separate from someone and decide to be with someone else. I think it's okay to want to be alone and have sovereignty. I don't think you have to be with one person forever. Um, Which if you had told me that at like age 13, I would have told you you were wrong. (laughs) Okay. How, so next question, how do, how to celebrate being bi when you're in a long-term cis hetero relationship? I am bisexual. If you did not know, I am in a long-term hetero relationship. So I feel like this question is like, hello, it's me. Um, I think it's really important, at least for me to be in a partnership where my partner is fine that I'm bisexual and actually encourages it. And I think that's like number one. My partner is very supportive of the fact that I'm bisexual. Um, But I also, for me, this is just for me, I don't feel the need to celebrate my bisexuality. I just am. Like, it's just a part of my identity. I don't feel the need to celebrate it. I feel like if there are things that I like, like I have a little Mickey pin that I wear sometimes that's a little bisexual, like Mickey head. Um, I don't feel the need personally to celebrate it because it's just part of who I am. Like, even if somebody asked me about it, I'm not in the closet about it. I'm very open about it. It just is who I am. Does that make sense? Like it, it it just is who I am. I don't feel the need to do more. It's just a part of my identity. I don't know how else to explain that. (laughs) You kind of stumped me on that question because for me, I don't feel the need to do more, but I suppose if I did, it would be important for me to probably do like, I would maybe go to pride, right? They have pride in a lot of areas. I would probably consider going to pride or uh, maybe connecting with local LGBTQIA plus. I know that there's like a two spirit, two S. I apologize. I don't know what the official acronym is right now. The last time I checked, it was LGBTQAI plus, but I think there is some stuff that has been added and I apologize if I've left you out. It's not my intention. Um, I probably will see if I can get the correct version in the video edited if you're watching, but point being, 
I feel like this is a hard question for me to answer because I personally don't feel the need to celebrate it because I have a partner that really supports it. And I'm very openly bisexual. Like my relationship is not open, but I am very openly bisexual. And I have been that way since I was very young. Even when I was like super Mormon, I would make collages or like vision boards, which I didn't know that's what they were until much later. Uh, I would make vision boards on my folders for school every year. And I would always put pictures of beautiful women. Always. I was always like, this girl, she's my wife. She's hot. I like this model. I've always been somebody that's been so open about it. And I'm surprised that I ever, like, nobody ever stopped me on that, even growing up really religious. So I don't know. That question's kind of stumped me. And if any of y'all have suggestions that know about this or, like, know about ways to do more, please leave them below for this person so we can kind of have a community discussion about it. Best way to protect your energy is the next question. So this is kind of a hard question to answer because unfortunately my life is very online. And if I told you every way that I protect myself, I make myself vulnerable to people that would be trying to get through those barriers. But, um, a couple of things that I can just mention offhand that, you know, there's more things that I do on my own that I'm not going to reveal, not because I'm a gatekeeper. I honestly believe in helping everybody protect themselves. But like I said, I also think that it makes somebody trying to do ill against me more able to do it. So something that I would mention though, is calling the corners. However you do that, always a beautiful practice. Uh, black candles, always a good idea. Um, and there is a practice of opening your wear a kocha. It's a shamanic practice that I also think is really great. So I would look into all three of those things. Uh, next up we have spirituality, hot takes and unpopular opinions. I would say the most unpopular opinion that I probably have in spirituality is there's two. Um, number one, I don't know why we call it new age spirituality when in fact, a lot of the practices that new age people believe in are like ancient practices. They're not new at all. They're actually very, very, very old. And that to me is weird. I don't know why we do that. That like, it's not new age. It's actually ancient wisdom. And the other thing that I think a lot of people will agree with me on this one is we're all talking about the same shit. We're all talking about the exact same shit. It doesn't matter what religion you're in. It doesn't matter what kind of spirituality you're into. You might not have the same rules and regulation around your spirituality the way that some religious practices do. But when you really look at it, we're all talking about the same shit. We are all talking about like source energy, God, the universe, the cosmos, we're all talking about, or even like, I think the concept of that we are gods and goddesses and like we contain multitudes. And I think it's all the same. It is all the same energy that we are all talking about, whether it's part of us or it's something that we believe is external, all the same shit. And it's weird to me that people will literally start wars over their way being more correct than someone else's. I just can't get behind that. Um, that's probably like the biggest hot take you'll get from me. And it's probably more common than I think. But I just, as somebody that used to be Mormon, it's weird to me that I would ever think about it differently, knowing what I know now. 
Uh, next question says, when did you realize that you were bisexual? So as stated in the earlier question, I feel like I've been bisexual literally my whole life, like from the time that I was very young, um, without getting too into details about this, because this does implicate another person and it's very personal. Uh, my first like sexual experience was with a girl, um, very young, literally we were like children just trying to figure it out. Um, very, very, very young, but I do think, and it wasn't like an abuse type situation. Uh, I think that from very young, I knew though, without knowing that that's what it was, I always have been very attracted to, I, I honestly don't even know that I identify now as bisexual. I consider myself really to be more pansexual, but, um, I feel like I've always kind of known that love is just love. Love is just love and it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter what's down there. It doesn't matter how you identify uh, for me, for my preference. It doesn't matter. And I feel like that might be a little bit more of a new development, but between like um, being with like somebody that is male or female, I feel like I've always been very open with that. I do think that being raised religious, that kind of stamped a lot of the like liking girls out for a while. Um, at least not doing like dating seriously, another woman or anything, but I do feel like I really came into it like fully new, probably in my early twenties. And it was after having a conversation with one of my gay friends where I was questioning whether I was bisexual because I had never had sexual intercourse with a woman. And I was like, I don't, I just don't know. Like I've never done that. And he pulled me aside and he was like, Chloe, do you think that me at like age nine knew that I was gay, even though I'd never had sex with a man before? And I said, no. And he was like, so why are you treating yourself differently? And I was like, oh, shit. So I feel like I knew probably in my early 20s for sure, but it's always kind of been there. It's always kind of been there. Um, up next, we have, do you do magic on your cats? Um... Not routinely, but I have. Uh, okay, up next we have, this one's a two-parter. At one point, I remember you talking about what retrogrades to avoid letting people back into your life when they contact you during that time. Can you touch base on that? Uh, so the one thing, there's probably a few, but one of them is going to be Mercury retrograde for sure. The X always comes back during Mercury retrograde. Per people from your past are always cropping up during Mercury and retrograde. Sometimes you're the X that comes back. Um, just Mercury and retrograde, be careful with, you know, communication because communication is always bananas. Uh, that's probably the main one though. <laughs> uh, how can someone be quote unquote more spiritual? This is a question I don't feel like I can answer because this is always up to the beholder, the person that is their perception of where they are. So like for me, where I am spiritually right now, if I wanted to be quote unquote more spiritual, I could dedicate more of a practice time than I currently have right now. I could pick up more spiritual books to teach me new spiritual concepts, but you might be somebody that reads a ton and is always reading and has a two hour practice every day. Like it's going to be different for every single person. So it's kind of a hard question to answer. 
what are things you do to shake you out of stagnancy? Ooh, this is a good question. This is a good question because I feel like the last two months I've been pretty stagnant for me anyways. And I feel like recently Stella got her groove back. Okay. I feel like I'm finally doing things that feel good to me again. And I mean, I have been doing things, but like, I just feel like I haven't really had a semblance of a routine for the last, like, it's probably been like a month. And recently I'm getting back into routine again. And I just want to say like to shake up stagnancy, you got to find what excites you because you're never going to follow through with a routine, with a plan, with a goal. If you're not excited about that thing, like the reason you don't get up early in the morning when you really want to is because you haven't made your morning enticing enough. If you have nothing to get up for in the morning, what is the point? Like, that's just one example. If there's something that you really want to create or do, if you're not excited about that thing, you're not going to have the push through to do it. You're going to have to rely on just doing it anyways, which is hard. Motivation, I do believe is a myth. Like, yes, motivation comes, but usually motivation comes through consistency. So you can't always rely on motivation to get you to, to do things. But I think ultimately ask yourself about the goals that you have and what could make them more exciting? What could make them more enticing? Recently, I haven't been sleeping in like crazy late, but I haven't been on my like morning routine girl shit. And y'all know I love being a morning person. So I asked myself, what about my morning is fun? Why don't I, why am I not excited to get out of bed in the morning? And I realized that I had no semblance of a solid routine that made me excited. So I changed it. I got like foods that make me excited for the morning. I picked up some, um, new protein powder to make smoothies in the morning that I like. Of course I'm fucking food motivated. Okay. I'm a Taurus. Can't help it. I'm food motivated in the morning. Uh, I picked up some new supplements that also get me excited. I'm a sun and moon in the sixth house and my 10th house or mid heaven also is in Virgo. I am big on like health and wellness, health and wellness always get me excited. So I like basically did a bunch of things that would include a lot of health and wellness in my morning. And I'm so excited to get out of bed in the morning now because I have a routine that honors that and gets me excited. And if I ever feel stagnancy with it, I find something that makes it interesting again. So that to me is the thing is like, you always have, you almost have to like play a game with yourself. <laughs> okay. What was the hardest lesson you had to learn? This question is an awesome question, but I feel like I have so many answers for this question. <laughs> I think probably the one that consistently sticks out is the one that I feel like I talk about all the time. And the hardest lesson I have had to learn, like within the last couple of years, was the day I got my keys to this house. I love this house, rest assured. It's a waterfront, beautiful property. I love my town. I love the community. Like, this is the best house I've ever lived in, truly, my favorite home that I've ever lived in. But I remember the day that I got the keys, which was a big deal. Um, I walked into my office and I started sobbing. And it was because I realized having this beautiful waterfront home that I had dreamed all of my life about, it didn't make me the person that I thought I, I would become if I had it. I realized that having this house didn't make me a fitter person. It didn't make me somebody that had more friends. It didn't make me somebody that was proud of the person I was. And having a thing doesn't actually do that. So... I realized I had a lot of work to do. 
And it was a very valuable lesson to me because I realized that when you can fall in love with the journey of what you're doing, you are completely in the flow. The destination has nothing to do with it. And yeah, you can want things, you can desire things because desire creates inspired action. It gets you moving. But the real joy is actually in the getting there. It's in the journey. It's in the path. And when you can enjoy the journey that you're on, you are unfucking stoppable. And that was a very harsh reality I had to come to terms with because this huge thing that I had wanted for so many years, like more than 10 years, so many years, finally manifested. And I was like, oh, you mean this isn't like, I'm not just better. I'm not like mentally well. I'm not, uh, for lack of better words, I'm not a skinny legend. I don't have everything. I'm not the kind of person that I thought I would be if I had this. And it broke me. But what happened after that was magical because it forced me to take stock of my life and ask myself, well, what kind of person do I actually want to be? And how can I start being that person right now? And it forced me to create a lot of really positive change in my life. So hardest lesson, beautiful ending to it though. Um, okay. Next we have, what is the biggest truth you realized or question you asked yourself that led you, uh, that led you to know that you were on the right track? What did you do next? So I find that when I'm quote unquote on the right track, I have a lot of synchronicities happen at once. I'll see like a sign from the universe multiple times. Things will just line up magically. Like everything feels like it's working together and you just know when you're like, I don't know how else to explain it, but when you are in alignment, you know, it does come though. And this is the kicker. You have to be willing to take risk to feel it because something, I just had this conversation with one of my best friends in the whole world that having that deep inner knowing that you're on the right path, that you're doing the right thing, that this is the thing you should be, should be doing. I say with big air quotes, in order to feel that feeling of knowing you have to take risk because Basically, you prove it to yourself that your intuition is right by taking risk and then seeing it work out. And I have done this so much in my life that I just know now. I know when something is right. I know when I need to take a step. I know when I need to move. And rest assured, I've also taken risk and flopped multiple times, but I don't take that as failure. I take that as, okay, we need to reformulate and try again. It, it, it's, it doesn't mean it's not going to work. It just means that it's not this way and I need to find a new pathway to get there. But I've taken so many risks in my life that now the intuition is very strong. I trust it. I know when I need to do something and I know when something feels right and when it feels wrong. And it comes from, again, taking risk and recognizing, ah, oh, when I felt that feeling, I knew that it was right and I trusted it and look how it worked out. And I just think it comes with time and practice. Unfortunately, it's one of those things that I can't give you an answer that is probably going to be satisfactory because it requires action. It requires you having to put work in and doing things in only a way that you could. You have to almost have the experience before 
It's like you have to walk off a ledge without knowing there's a net or a staircase down there. And that's how you'll know. I, I hope that that makes sense. I know that's probably not the answer you wanted to hear. <laughs> okay. Next question is, are you ever scared your life right now won't work out? Um, here's the thing. No, <laughs> no, because I mean, yes, it is very, it is a real possibility that what I have right now will fall apart. However, I have, again, kind of like with the previous question, I have taken a risk and fallen apart. I have taken a risk and succeeded so many times now in my life that even if I lost everything, which I have before, I've lost my career, I've lost everything I've owned before, I've lost homes before, I've lost, I have had everything taken away from me. And at the end of the day, you know what that taught me? Not that I failed, not that I'm a terrible person. It taught me that I have resiliency. I have the strength to get up again. And if you knock me on my ass, you better believe I'm going to come up 10 times stronger and I will do it all over again if it's something that I really care about. So I'm not scared because I know that I have the power within me to do it again. If I lost everything I would know that something better is coming. I would know that like, especially with like, I've talked about this before, but when I did gaming for like seven years, it was my whole world. And when that career flopped and it was no longer attainable for me, I felt like I lost everything. I felt like everything I had worked so hard for was pulled out from underneath me. I felt anxious. I felt ostracized from the community I was in. I felt like the people that I was friends with weren't really my friends. There's, I could tell you so many stories about that time period of my life. I felt like I had lost everything. And the fact that I was able to get up, put one foot in front of the other and create something totally different, be more successful and continue to still be here doing the damn thing, I think speaks volumes. And also what I learned in that process when I was doing gaming, I would never be where I am today if I hadn't gone through that. Because doing gaming, I learned how to work a camera. I learned how to edit. I learned how to stream. I learned how to communicate with an audience. I learned how to public speak. I learned how to articulate myself better. I learned so much through that experience that I don't regret any of it. And even though I don't do that anymore, and I'm so much happier and fulfilled with what I do right now, I'm not scared that I would lose it all because I've already lost it all before. It's already happened. That was already a real thing. And guess what? I turned out even better than before. Everything worked out even better than it had before. And honestly, I wish I had let go a little bit faster because I could have been doing this even sooner if I had just let go and trusted. And so no, to answer that question, I'm not scared that it's not going to work out because when things don't work out, it just means better things are coming together. And up next, we have what misconceptions do you think people have in regards to spirituality? I feel like I kind of already answered this question, uh, but like misconceptions, 
I do think that people have a lot of misconceptions, especially about like witchcraft. Uh, people think it's devil worshiping, which is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Honestly, we need to turn this part right here into a reel that goes up on Instagram. Saying that witchcraft is evil is so fucking stupid. And it just tells me how uneducated somebody is. Because if they even tried to pick up one book that was not the Bible, um, you would see, and I think even in the Bible, witches are like well-regarded if you are, if you know what you're looking for. Um, obviously, there are so many interpretations now that who's to say, but it's so fucking dumb. It is such a misconception and it's dumb because it's built on patriarchy. It's built on misogyny. It's built on this idea that witches like commune with evil spirits. And it's not the truth. Witchcraft is actually one of like the most peaceful paths are there people that do baneful magic? Of course. But that's the reality. I mean, shit. Haven't you ever, like, if somebody is religious and they prayed for something not to happen, like, think about somebody that, think about somebody that has, like, prayed for their child not to, like, go to a certain college that their child really wanted to go to because for the parent, they don't want to lose that child. But they're only thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about the child. Praying against that is baneful magic. You are literally spelling, you are casting a spell with your words over that person that they will not receive an opportunity that they would like to receive. This is why I said earlier in the video, it's the same shit. We're all talking about the same shit. We just do it differently. And I think it is so illiterate, stupid, and downright offensive when people say that witchcraft is evil, but like are super up on their high horse of Christianity and especially Christianity or like Christ-based faiths because People back in the day, even when the Bible was written, had witches. You would go to the village witch to receive healing. Like, they were people that helped. And it was, it, like, the service of religion was all to serve patriarchy. And I feel like that's, like, the real, that's the real shit that people don't want to have a conversation about. And... It, it's, it just, it infuriates me. It infuriates me. It is such a misconception and we're all talking about the same shit. We all just do it different ways. I would never hurt somebody for the name of my belief being the most right. Um, I don't agree with people like hurting other people though, in the name of their religious beliefs. I think that that's wrong, but regardless, I feel like that's like the biggest misconception that really ticks me off is that people think witchcraft is like devil worshiping when it's mostly about communing with nature and like healing. Um, and if you picked up a book on witchcraft, you would learn that very quickly. Um, so the last question we have is how do you read birth charts for twins? Uh, so the same way that you would read a birth chart for anyone else, because even if they were born around the same time, there is still going to be differences in their charts because there's going to be 
things that happen at different degrees in the charts. There's going to be, especially if there's like a minute by minute discrepancy, sometimes this can be a totally different rising sign. One could be a different rising from the other. And that discrepancy makes a total shift in the entire chart. So reading twin charts, you read them the same way that you would read a regular person's chart. It just, there's two of them. Um, in any case, those are all the questions that y'all asked me. I think I actually answered every, every single one. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I appreciate you. Thank you for those of you that have been so supportive of the YouTube channel. If you're watching the podcast today, uh, we've been, we just hit 5k on YouTube this week. Um, and the channel wasn't from nothing. Like we had like 4,000 something, but we just hit 5k subscribers on the YouTube channel. So thank you to each and every one of you who have supported that. And also to those of you that support the podcast every everywhere else. My goal this year is to reach a million listeners. So share the podcast, share it with your friends, share it with the people, you know, if you think this would help somebody send it their way. And, um, if you would like to support me as a creator, please consider checking out the Patreon or purchasing my course or a private reading. All the links for everything will be down below. And I love you so much. Please do not forget when you stand on your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. Bye.